This is Braun Strowman, the monster among men. And you're listening to the Bob Culture Podcast with your host, Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very special episode of the BCP. I'm excited for this one. Ladies and gentlemen, in fact, this one is long overdue. Please welcome to the show, the man, the myth, the legend, ring announcer, commentator, and like I always say, the hardest working man in professional wrestling. Please welcome to the show, making his debut, Mr. David Adams. What's up, bro? How you doing over there, man? God, don't make me blush in the opening five seconds of our little interview here. But thank you. It's a great intro. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's long overdue, man. We're not worthy. Uh, we just came off a great show, Vows Pals, this past weekend, man. Um, maybe one of the best shows in, in recent memory. Um, you know, hands down, arguably the best sh- indie show of the year, I would say, for a great cause, a great family. Um, you know, David, I wanted to ask you, how did you get involved with Chad and Vows Pals and, and you know, be a part of this, a big part of this show? Well, I was hitchhiking up. On the road one night, and Chad was dri- driving his truck, and I just <laughs> Sounds about right. took my thumb out, and I, I gave him a little bit of leg, and he stopped, and he picked me up. Sure. And, uh, no, but in all seriousness, um, I, I've just known Chad through the wrestling business. I think I probably, thinking about it, I probably Chad when he was doing a vendoring over at, like, WrestlePro, my time there, and that's probably the first time I had any interaction with him, and you could tell that he was a super cool guy. Um, he has a lot more knowledge about the business now than he did then. Cause that's probably like four years ago. I met him maybe, maybe even five. You lose track in this business very easily. Time just becomes one big like wavelength. But um, yeah, he always just seemed like he really cared. He took good care of the talent he brought in. His vendor table was always like very organized. And yeah, we just started talking wrestling that way. And he always had Carter, who's now a legend after Val's pals. Um, yeah. Yeah, just really, really good dude. And, uh, you know, in, in this business, you're, you know, if you're blessed to meet a couple, like a handful of really good people in this business, that's a good thing. And Chad's definitely one of the uh, really uh, good guys out there who doesn't like to get any credit. I've tried to ask him if he wanted to do interviews with me a couple times. And he was like, I don't do any of that crap, man. He's like, he's like, I just want to be behind the scenes. So he, he, does, he, he does his thing and he's very humble about it. And yeah, I mean, everybody that works with him always has a great experience. He's the, he's the great and powerful Oz, the man behind the curtain for sure. But we're we're always appreciative of Sh- of Chad, and it wouldn't be a Bob Culture podcast episode without the Chad Minnes shout out. So there it is. Thank you, Chad, for a great weekend and a great show. Now, um, David, David uh, I, I want to thank you. You know, we just had Shane on the other night, um, and you and Ryan um, and and Shane, like I was saying, you guys gave me a lot of advice going in because you know we we usually have that journalist perspective. You know, we do the podcast. You know, we like yeah. to put over the indie talent, and we're so grateful for them and all they do. Um, and you know, this was our first time actually stepping between the ropes, hosting the pre-show, uh, doing an award segment, and we usually know how those award segments tend to end. So, um, I you know, I was just getting advice from you guys, like what you know, how should we go about this? How should we conduct ourselves? Um, you were sending me messages the week of, just giving you know, just like do your yeah. thing, do what you guys do. Uh, I really appreciate that. And before we went out. It was two minutes before you did like a quick interview with us. Now, I wanted to ask you, I was very appreciative of that. I don't know if you were trying to get us in like the right mindset, but what was kind of your thought process there, man? <laughs> I can tell. I've been in, I've been doing this almost 10 years and I can tell when someone looks a little tense. I didn't think you were nervous, but I could tell. And I heard you talk. I listened to the podcast with Shane the other day and I could tell that you were a little nervous. And I saw that. A, I wanted to interview you guys, so it really did. That you know, before I'm done with this business, I want to not only ring announce, I want to get interviews because I really believe 
that if you do the interviews, that's what really gets the fans hooked just as much as the wrestling match itself. And you want to get that emotional connection. And sometimes from bell to bell, you get to see great athleticism, but you don't always get to like see like the what a person is made of, their character have you. So I think those interviews are a good deal. Plus, I knew it would loosen your ass up. So yeah, yeah I was like, you know what? I'm going to go over here. This is perfect. You know, did a little like a selfie thing with us here. And did it work? Were you loosened up after that? Absolutely, man. You know, like, because Nunez, and you know, we said this earlier, like, Nunez and I were going over everything all week. Like, how should we come out of the curtain? Like, what should we do? Like, what should we say? Like, we want, and, and at the same time, not just that stuff, but we wanted to be respectful to the business. We wanted to be respectful to you and like the people that do it every day. We didn't want to, you know, make it look silly or, you know, you know, the, the dreaded word fake. Like, we really wanted to, uh, you know, hold our own and be respectful. That was a key thing. So everything went by like blur. I felt pretty good about everything, especially for a first timer. Um, you know, I want to come out with my drumsticks because I'm a drummer. So that would have been like a comfort thing for me. But, uh, you know, you guys just hand me the microphone and, you know, you gave us that little interview and I'm thinking back to it. I'm just like, he did that to loosen this up, man. So I do, I very much appreciate that. And you touch on doing these, uh, these big interviews, uh, talking to the likes of Brian Cage and Ace Austin last Saturday. And how great, I, I love that interview. I just love what Cage was saying uh, and how much, you know, a part of this. What was that like for you? It was really good. Um, and if this isn't like the, oh, I've known him since the beginning, but I've known Ace for a long time. We, um, I met him at uh, WXWC4, the Wild Samoan Training Center out in Allentown. And wow. he was a student there. And and I've, and I've to this day, once we start running again and stuff like that, I'm sure I'll work for Samu again. The Samoans are my family as well. And Ace, this kid would do everything. And you can tell when somebody has that, you know, they call it the it factor. And yeah. this is probably going back 2015, a very young Ace. I know there's pictures of him too. This kid would run the soundboard backstage. He was always the first one there. He would wow. always set the ring up. He'd always be the last one to take the ring down. Usually wasn't booked on a show, but he'd be backstage organizing all, all the music. He'd, he'd do all, all the sound cues. And he was always there to do whatever. And then once he did finally get his certificate and graduate from the Wild Samoan Training Center, that's when he did start getting matches. And you could tell right off the bat his high-flying style the guy has, you know, he has his own style and he wasn't as established then, but you could tell that he was creative and he was doing like these corkscrew like combos that you don't really see. And I, I remember one night on commentary going, well, there's one you're going to see on Monday Night Raw next week. And you could just tell I've never seen it before. And this is, I mean, it, he must have been no older than 18 at the time and just a really good dude. And um, just I can really appreciate knowing that a gentleman that's made it he really did stick to the grind he started started at the bottom now we're here he started at the bottom he was respectful you know set up that ring you know take it down do whatever they ask of you even if it's not wrestling and then when he did get his opportunity to wrestle we obviously know where, where that led and then he's honed his craft and he's uh one of the best uh, su superstars in the world so when we Oh, I dropped you on my on your head. On my head. I'm I'm used to it. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but no. And then when I when I see him every once in a while now at the level that that he's at, it's just it's a mutual respect for each other. I'm I'm very proud of him, and I was grateful that him and uh, Brian gave me a couple minutes of their time to do the interview. I've only worked with Brian once or twice, so he doesn't probably know me that much at all. But it was a good uh, it was a courtesy and a nice like, gesture for Chad and Standalone Wrestling and Val's pals and. 
yeah, I mean, those guys were really, they were a little cold at the end of the night, certainly, yeah. <laughs> but, but they, um, they were humble and they were very grateful to be there to help for such a great cause. No, it was a great interview. And if you guys haven't watched it, check it out on the Titan Championship Wrestling page right now. It was really good, man. And uh, like you said, Ace, man, you could tell that was my first time seeing him live in person. And like there is something special about him. I've watched interviews with him. Very professional, like you can tell. And like you said, everything he does in the ring is special. It's not something somebody else does. You know, he'll, he might put his own literal spin on it um, yeah. out of his springboards or mid-rope, you know, backward springboards. Like he's always got to add that extra, you know element Weird angles, like very very unique angles and he and, and you know he's really great because he makes it look easy and if you break down the stuff he's doing it's not easy at all beyond anything i've ever seen yeah i saw him i mean i hope this isn't pulling the curtain back too much uh, let me know if it is but i saw him warming up and i was just like oh my gosh man like he is he's amazing so wait 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 rob you're telling me that professional athletes warm Stop. up before a big game you're telling me that football players warm up, baseball players warm up, have batting practice. Yeah, bro, of course. Yeah. You got to warm them muscles, especially by the time him and Brian and, and, and Sean Donovan were out there. It was a, a little bit chilly out there. And, you know, those muscles can cramp up if they're not properly stretched. Yeah, absolutely. And it was chilly, but that also made for that cool element of like the steam coming off of them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was definitely, great. it showed you the grit and the hard work and desire that they're all putting into that match. Yeah. And we're very appreciative, like for any wrestling, especially these days, 2020 has been crazy. So again, thank you to Brian Cage. Thank you to Ace Austin. And thank you to everybody involved in Val's Pals for making this happen. Uh, it, it was a grand slam and I'm so happy to be a part of it. Um, now you've been a part of a lot of really big events. You know, the first time I saw you, uh, was a couple years ago and I'm like, this guy is running in the ring, ring announcing, running back, doing commentary, ringing the bell, taking the gear, holding the belt. I'm like, this guy is doing everything. So that's why I always refer to you as the hardest working man in wrestling. That's how it, how it came about. But now I'm seeing you work in all these promotions that I'm close with. And I'm glad that, you know, we connected and touched base. But, uh, you know, doing my homework here, you've done a lot of big things, man. And one of those things you posted recently, announcing the likes of one nature boy, Mr. Ric Flair. What was that like for you, sir? That was pretty cool experience i've announced them twice uh and yeah the the one time was at a promotion that i mentioned earlier that i worked for wrestle pro he came oh, to nice. the Rawway rec center and um it was a cool transition uh we went right from the national anthem to you know i would do my thing you know let's get hyped for the show and then we are wrestle pro and then the music popped and and nobody knew because nope you know, nobody knew that Rick was going to kick off the show. They just figured he was there for the signing. They never announced that he was going to actually get in the ring and do anything. So, woo, hits. And I don't know if you've ever been to the Rawway Rec Center. The bleachers oh, yeah. really pop on a hard cam. And they definitely fit close to 1,000 people in the bleachers alone. You know, if it's not 1,000, it's certainly like 800 in, in the bleachers there. And the place is packed. The crowd's go going nuts. And I figured, hey, this is my one shot. I announced this guy like he was... You know, in his prime main eventing Starcade, main eventing WrestleMania. And I, I just normally a, a ring announcer's creed is you start slow and then you save all your good stuff for the main event. But Ric Flair, bam. And, you know, I didn't hear it at the time, but I was actually blessed. I was doing commentary at ringside with Sam Roberts, who's another great dude. And he's like, and Rick had said something. I, I guess he's like, did you hear what he just said to you? And I didn't because you get wrapped up in the moment. I shook his hand, and it's like basically shaking hands with Babe Ruth. Now, 
And then I guess he got on the mic and I saw the video the, like a couple of days later. And he's like, man, I got to take you on the road with me to do all yes. my night. And I'm thinking, man, this guy would drink me under the table on night one. I, I don't think I could survive a road trip with Ric Flair, but I, I had a fun trying. I don't know if my girl would like that too much, but it definitely would be a fun thing. But bottom line is, I guess he appreciated it. And it was super cool moment, um, you know, for me. Just another day for him, I'm sure. But it's certainly a, a moment that I will certainly look back on as, you know, and it's like, you know, not, not necessarily like 15 seconds of fame, but it's like it, in my mind, I realized how far I've come that I had that opportunity to do that. And then when I, you know, when you get that one shot, you know, play the B-Rabbit style, boom, 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 you know, and then you just nail it when you get that one shot. And I was, and it was cool. So I figured, there you go. Got Ric Flair done under my belt. And uh, if it gets cooler than that in wrestling, I'll definitely, uh, definitely uh, be down for that challenge because it's certainly hard to beat that. Dude, it's amazing. And I love what this business gives to us, man. It's just like opportunity after opportunity. And I love seeing, uh, you know, just recently we saw some new uh, WWE Performance Center recruits, some of our friends, man. And to me, that fills my heart and just makes me like, man, dreams come true. Like, you know, if I see David Adams in, in TV in a couple months, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Like, I love seeing these dreams come true. You guys all work so hard. What does it mean to you when you see these guys pop up on Dark, NXT, whatever it is? It means the world to me. I mean, once again, I mean, I've, I've been blessed to work with a Joe Gacy for a couple of years at promotions here and there. And the guy kills it every time. He deserves the opportunity. Uh, Anthony Green, another guy. Worked with this guy at many different promotions. Once again, you know, I was there since the beginning, brother. Not saying any of that. But I definitely did work with him. Once again, I feel like WXWC4 was definitely a good breeding ground for a lot of this young talent that had come in. And maybe that was just another, you know, stop on their drives or whatnot. But I remember a lot of the, this talent that, that's made it to the big levels. Uh, Leo Rush, first time I ever worked with him. WXWC4. Uh, Velveteen Dream, before he was Velveteen. WXWC4. I worked with all these guys when they were super young. But you could just tell a kid comes in 18, 19, and they're just, you, you just know they, they have it. And, and it's, you know, they, they do their thing, and you can just tell, wow, I wonder where this, and you say to yourself, I wonder where this guy is going to be in five years. And now you can see five years later, hey, WWE, well-deserved. And, uh, you know, I wish both those guys and the rest of the recruits that they just announced all the best. But certainly uh, Mr. Gacy and Mr. Green, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they accomplish in the next level of their successes here in the world of pro wrestling. Love it. And no doubt they'll go very, very far. It really warms my heart. I'm so happy, man. It just it makes me feel like anything's attainable, man. And, and they've worked so hard on all of that. But um, so I wanted to ask you, Mr. David Adams, you know, you see all these people, you know, um, you know, working their way to grabbing that brass ring, as they say, what are you know, you've obviously been doing this for some time now. What are your goals moving forward? I mean, uh, 50 Cent says it, get rich or die trying, um, get signed or die trying. I mean, there's no secret there. I love where I'm working. I love working with Titan. I love working with Chad and Standalone. I love working with Colin West and Synergy. I love working with Brian Excel and Amazing Red at House of Glory. I mean, you know, you want to you wanna excel at the top level you can. But you also, hey, I mean, everybody that's on the independents, every, most of these people have, I mean, some are blessed that wrestling is their full-time gig, even on the independents. you got to bust your butt to really pay bills as the indie wrestling being like what feeds you and your family. I don't have that luxury. It's uh, it's good for snack time and it's good for gas and stuff like that. But uh, certainly I have to have a, have a full-time job to 
pay the rest of my expenses. Uh, I want to announce for a living. That's I, that's it. I mean, what I'm doing now for work, it's just boring office work, and that's cool and all, and you know, it, it pays the bills. And they always say, "Don't quit your day job." Well, I'll quit my day job when ring announcing becomes my day job, night job, whatever. Um, it's the only job that I've ever had where I didn't mind working weekends, you know. So that's got to say something about that. And uh, I mean, it's highly competitive. And I don't even know if I'm ready for that next level. I did have an opportunity last year, thanks to Eric Sims getting a call from Tommy Dreamer. You know, it's weird getting a getting a text message from Eric Sims at 11 o'clock at night. Normally, you think I don't know, but you know, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, here's Tommy Dreamer's number," and I don't mean to put him on the spot because he doesn't like any credit. But they needed a ring announcer for Impact Wrestling last year at the 2300 Arena, ECW Arena. And it was a paid gig. They paid very well. And um, I think I did all right. I look back at it. I'm probably completely nervous because I didn't know what to expect. And I, I think I changed my voice. I felt like I was trying to sound so crystal clear that I came through as an announcer that just had a voice like this. And I didn't, I didn't do David Adams. I just, I did a guy that was, you know, used to being, you know, a decent size of fish in a small pond. Now I'm like a little polywog in, you know, in the, in the Atlantic ocean. And, um, I mean, I don't think I gave them my best. I mean, it, it was a great weekend. I got a lot of experience. I got to do two nights in Philadelphia and then they joined Hot house of glory for an impact plus exclusive when they were launching their online platform, social media platform. And that was really cool. Um, I wasn't perfect. I made some mistakes. I, I was thrown off at the fact and, you know, and it's no disrespect to them that that it's their format, but they don't allow the ring announcer in the ring and they want you to announce from behind the curtain so i mean my huh. my secret to my success is the fans I, I channel my energy and i you know and i use my diaphragm and everything that i have to generate this power because i have the electricity of the crowd now I, I i'm looking at the crowd on a little screen about this big you know next to the producers and stuff and next to the guy in in the gorilla position and the performers are right there and i got i have the earpiece in and it's like i can't like sense the timing of one to announce you just have the director going three two, one, and it's very timed and very precise. And I, I loved it. Just if you've never done it before, it's one thing if you're like a superstar of 20 years and this is like, all right, just another day at the office. But if you've never done it before, you got the earpiece in, plus you're trying to listen to other people like standing around you. So I got somebody talking to me here face to face. I have a director in my ear here and I have to concentrate and I don't have the crowd to, you know, generate the energy. And it's like, I'm not making excuses. It's just, I think I, I, I didn't give... I didn't give them the best version of me. And if I never get another chance at it, so be it. But I mean, I think in life, in order to be successful, you sometimes have to fail. And and when you do fail, I think you have to be able, you have to be willing to put any egos aside and just admit, you know, you know, I think I did all right, but I don't think I did that great. And, you know, and then once they put it out on TV and they put it out on social media, I made the mistake of reading fan comments. If you're if you're if you're going to do something on a national level and you go to the comments online and you're expecting them to say how wonderful you are, don't do that. I I got called. I don't know who that announcer is, but that's the shittiest ring announcer I've ever heard. And then the best is somebody called me. I guess there's the Swedish chef from the Muppets. And I didn't know who that was. So I I went to a YouTube video and I watched the Swedish chef from the Muppets and he talks like this. So I guess they were saying we can't understand what the fuck you're saying. So that was cool. Right. And, uh, you know, it was a good shot in my ass because, you know, I go to all these shows and it was like, oh, David Adams, you did so good. And I think you need to be put down to, you know, flat ground um, and keeps you in check. And it realizes 
you know what? You got a you got a chance at this level, and maybe you thought you were ready for it, but now I need to like regroup. And when I get another opportunity, I'll know what the earpiece is about. I'll know about direction. I was, you know, they gave me a script that's like this thick, and they're like, "Have you ever done it before?" And I'm like, "Not gonna blow smoke up your ass. I'm a newbie. Teach me." They're like, "Okay, crash course." And I literally learned everything about televised wrestling in about 25 to 30 minutes, sitting in like the tenth row of seats while while the performers were warming up. Warming up, Rob. They were warming up yeah. in the ring. And um, yeah, and I mean, I was standing there, you know, yep, yep, yep. And, you know, and, and, and he's like, are you nervous? And I was like, I'm not nervous. I'm overwhelmed, but I'm going to digest this and I'm going to suck it up and everybody's got to make a TV debut. And, you know, it was all those factors. And like I said, hey, I signed, I, I got a check in the mail a couple of weeks later. It paid real well. I just feel that if I was given another opportunity, either at, at that platform or another platform of uh, national, international stature that I'd be more prepared this time because, uh, yeah, when you when you when you go on a streak for so long where nobody tells you you suck and then you really go home feeling like you just didn't do too good and and that you can make every excuse up in the book, but sometimes hey, you meant at that level it's a lot faster, it's a lot more precise, and yeah, and yeah, I don't think I was ready at that moment, and now we're coming back over a year later. Am I ready now? Oh. Yeah, like I've had, I've replayed stuff in my mind about how to get better, and and that's why I'm just, you know, even when 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 COVID hit and it really shut down the world, not just the wrestling world, it shut down the world. But we're all trapped in our houses, and I had a lot of time, and I would practice commentary, and I would practice, I would just go over stuff in my head and come up with ideas, and what can I do better when I come back? I can't, I don't want to have my hand free over here because people are going to be weird about touching things. So now, if you notice all my interviews, I put both hands on the microphone because I find that when the talent sees where my hands are, they're a lot more comfortable with me because for the most part, most talent, if they want to wear a mask is cool. I ask them if I'm, if you're cool with me not wearing a mask, but like, that's good. Cause I find as an announcer, you can't understand what I'm saying as well when I wear the mask. So if they're cool with it, I put my hands here. I try and stand far back like that. And just little adjustments there that I want to do to just, you know, be a, the best uh, David Adams possible. So I always want to be TV ready now because I feel when I did have that TV shot, I thought you can think you're ready all you want, but when you're under pressure and under fire and you can, and I, and you can hear the director in your ear go, what the fuck? Like two or three times. Cause I probably had a miscue on, on timing or something. Yeah. I mean, they don't mess around and they're not there to babysit you and it's television and they're in the truck. And if they, and there was no sugar coating, if they didn't like something I did, and, you know, they're like, like, yo, can somebody give this announcer some fucking direction, you know, stuff like that. And it was just like, you know, um, yeah. And you got it, and you can't be nervous or act like a baby because you got, you know, international stars all around you backstage getting ready to do their thing. So, I mean, I settled down after a while, and it was definitely a cool opportunity. And I was blessed that uh, Tommy uh, thought of me. And, um, you know, I'll say one of the next to uh, announcing uh, Ric Flair, one of my most proudest accolades is one of the main events in the ECW arena for an Impact Wrestling taping in the main event Rob Van Dam versus Tommy Dreamer. Pretty Come sweet. on. That was pretty sweet. And then the following night, they had a they 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 had a tag team match, and then they and then they had Sabu thrown into to the mix too as a surprise, uh, um, you know, participant in the in the tag match. So you know, I'm standing back by gorilla position by all these dudes. I mean, I loosened up by night too, but I still think I could have. You know, when you don't have that crowd right there, and you're looking at literally like a black curtain backstage, it's and you got to try and pretend like there's this like crowd in your head. And, you know, generate that same energy that you would in front of, like, you know, the house in the ring. It was very challenging, but also, hey, 
There's no excuses. You have to adapt. And, you know, I believe any opportunity I get at that level or beyond next time, I'm going to totally lay the smack down on it and get it done, as they say. No doubt in my mind, man. And and I actually appreciate you telling us that story because I took a lot yeah. from that, man. That was me on Saturday a little bit. I'm like, yeah. I want to stay in my lane. I want to be respectful. Like, what am I going to say? I'm going to practice the cars. So um, I get it, man. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you were on impact or on the national level and all that, man. And, and you kill it. You do a great job. And like you said, you need that fan interaction. That's a big part of who David Adams is. You know, uh, we get people yeah. saying all the time, like, you know, like he, he's just so energetic. He has a good energy about him. Like, that's you. Um, you know, people are like, you know, we can hear him on commentary. You know, we're sitting across the way. And like every show I'm at that you're at, whether you're doing the Facebook live commentary, whether you're at the commentary desk and you're not ring announcing, like I hear you, man. And it just adds to the match. I'm like, that's my dude over yeah. there, man. So what's kind of like now we can't all be the uh, the goat, of course, of interviews, Miss uh, Charlie Caruso, hashtag journalist girl, girls. But uh, she <laughs> but. I digress, but what's kind of your philosophy when it comes to commentating, uh, you know, with all that energy and interviews with all that energy, what's, what's your philosophy? Well, I understand the concept of a play-by-play guy and a com and a color commentary guy, but it's no secret. I've always told people that I've channeled, I I've, I've channeled the energy of Howard Finkel, may he rest in peace as my primary, uh, you know, my mentor, as far as somebody that's made it like, like Howard Finkel and Larry legend would probably be my two mentors as far as like ring announcers go. But when it comes to like commentary, Joey styles, this guy, he did color commentary. He did play by play. And mo- and a lot of the time he was just doing everything by himself. He didn't have anybody else. It was just him. And sometimes he was just doing a voiceover commentary in Paul Heyman's mom's basement while there's like a washing machine going in the background washing clothes and it was like he was able to adapt to any atmosphere and it didn't matter that's why it's like if i'm not comfortable with something tough shit you know with the impact thing i would have to get over that and and that's all through a growth and experience and being able to acknowledge the fact that most successful people weren't successful right away most successful people failed learned from said mistakes and then they came back with a new game plan and they learned from those mistakes and they got better as a result of it. And that's called a growth and humility. And, you know, I, I think I think the world needs more of that instead of people going, oh, I'm the greatest thing ever. You know, maybe if you think you're the greatest thing ever, maybe just keep that to yourself. I mean, and if you are the greatest thing ever right off the bat, God bless you. You're a rarity. You're as rare as a dinosaur nowadays, you know. So um, as far as just commentary goes, yeah, I mean, some people like that I'm loud. I know our, like, a videographer, uh, Danny Walsh, he's one of the best out there. He's always like, bro, you're so loud in the microphone. And I'm like, I'm not even trying hard yet. You know, wait till the, you know, <laughs> like, because I learned, you know, people are like, how do you keep your voice for three hours? I'm like, well, I don't use my voice. The, you know, you got to do your sit-ups and do your crunches and and keep a good solid core and project your voice through your diaphragm. And, you know, sometimes you use your voice if you're really banging out that main event style thing. but if you're doing every match main event style and your voice lasts, that's amazing because, yeah, you're going to get raspy and you're going to sound like uh, B. Arthur from the Golden Girls real quick. So, um, you know, you just, you know, just have to and have confidence in yourself and just have fun with it. Me, I know when to do play by play and I know when to do color commentary. Um, it was really cool to do commentary. We mentioned you mentioned that Ryan Peterson was at uh, Val's Pals. We talked about Ra- Ranger Shane. Well, somebody you haven't mentioned, and he's very quiet, and he likes to keep to himself. Scotty Ceriti, 
He's very good. He's one of the I haven't the met him yet. Yeah, yeah, I haven't met him. He's one of Danny DeMonto's boys. He's he's a deathmatch wrestling commentator, and he's one of the commentators at ICW, and he's really good. He's a quiet dude, and he doesn't like to have a lot of spotlight. You know, he doesn't go really walking around too much. He hangs mm-hmm. out with the deathmatch crew that was there, and he keeps to himself. You know, we talked for a little bit, and he was even like, yeah, bro, let's just let, 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 let's have fun. Let's talk like we're talking on a podcast. You know, he wanted to keep yeah. it simple. And I think it was good. I think once he realized, once we got in the flow, we had a good yeah. flow there. And he realized real quickly, I want you to take play-by-play. I've heard his commentary. His play-by-play is better than mine. Sometimes I call a move, and I might call the wrong move because when you have a split-second decision, I'm like, oh, I saw that wrong. But you can't, you know, you're wasting your time trying to apologize to the crowd because by then five more moves have happened. All you can do is watch it and be like, ah, fuck that one up. Oh, well. But uh, color commentary, I mean, hey, I can be colorful for however long you want. Apparently, just being David Adams is, uh, yeah. I can get paid for that, and that's cool. But, yeah, I think we had a real good riff there. And, I mean, what what was fun about Val's Pals is I didn't do any ring announcing. That was Shane Fair, Ranger Shane's gig. But I did, co- I did commentary that night with Scotty Cerruti, Ryan Peterson, who, who wasn't booked. But when Scotty had walked away for a little bit, I was like, hey, I need – you know, doing commentary by myself is cool, but I think the fans will appreciate that back and forth. Yeah, it, yeah. Adds, it adds to the storytelling. And, you know, I, I used Ryan uh, for the Synergy Wrestling uh, Championship match between uh, Brandon Kirk and Jake Curcio. Colin West was staring and right behind me. He's the owner of Synergy Wrestling. For sure. The- no, Colin, friend of the show. And I was like, hey, you want to join me for a commentary? He's like, not really a commentary guy, but I was like, you can talk. I was oh, like, yes, you can. Oh, no, like, yes, you can. I was like, <laughs> You're Arcadia's manager. I met you at Jersey All Pro, and you can cut a promo. Please come sit with me. And that was some, you know, the, I think we had real good commentary there because we both obviously know the intertwined storylines there. And and that was just like, that was just having like a great conversation while we're calling the action in between. And I think that's going to translate real well on the video feed once they post it. And then uh, last but not least, by main event time, I'm all alone for the for the um, Brian Cage, Ace Austin, Sean Donovan match. And who's wandering around with his little cute short shorts on but Ranger Shane? I'm like, Ranger Shane, get your ass over here. And, yeah, me and Shane did commentary. And that was cool because, I mean, I'm friendly with all the announcers. And we're all boys. But I, I've, I've grown an extreme fondness for Shane. Like, our personalities totally click. And, yeah, you know, th- the dude's a bro, and he's just a good dude. And and that was the first time we saw each other in, like, a year and a freaking half. It was, like, way too long because you don't usually have a show where there's not one, not two, not three, but four pretty well-known ring announcers on the independents within yeah. our 200-mile square square radius all on the same show having some kind of participation in it. So, you know, it was definitely – for me, that was pretty cool because – one ring announcer is pretty, you know, one decent announcer is good. If you're lucky, you can have two on a show, but then you get three and four. And yeah, I think we, and I, like I said, we all vibed well. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll be posting some pictures with my hashtag announcer stable on there. And believe me, you're going to be part of that announcer stable. You guys are in brother for life. Love it, man. That's the dream. I'll say this, man. I have to hear that 
commentary with you and Colin uh, because he's always hilarious every time he's on the show. But he, he's a good dude and he knows his stuff for sure. And he loves his talent. He takes care of everybody. So I have to hear that commentary. But for me, the dream right now, you know, I've been approached to do commentary here and there. And I hate saying no, no to things, David. I hate saying no to things, but I'm like, I need to get the reps. Like I want to, you know, get the reps and all that. And so the dream right now is to sit down at a table with Mr. David Adams and call a match. So hopefully one day we can make that happen, man. That would be an honor. Me and my guy. When's the next show you're coming to? I, well, I'm sure we could talk to some people and get you in there and and join us. Uh, you, we'll we'll discuss that off the show. So there's no, uh, you know, there's no putting hopes on the world that's watching right now. Yes. But yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm pretty sure with all the great stuff you've done, you know, with our circle, that we can get you on commentary. And the trick is, don't overthink it, dude. Yeah. You you have a guest. You have a great voice. You have a great personality. You're Everybody likes you. That's key so right far, there. I think so. um, yeah, everybody likes you. And it's just like, yeah, we'll just riff in. And once you get in a flow with it, it's like, keep the bullet points in your head, what you want to talk about, or have key bullet points on a piece of paper. But then from there, if you take exact notes, you're not, you're never going to be able to read off what exactly what you want to say while you're trying to look at the match. Cause you're going to look at a piece of paper and you're going to forget. And you're not going to see like a key element happening in a match. And sometimes you just have to react on the fly and just know. Yeah. Know what you want to talk about and then just go with it. And if it comes out, it comes out. If not, we'll get it another time. And just uh, it's just about having that good camaraderie and uh, timing. But like anything else in wrestling, it's timing, trying not to talk over one another and yeah. telling a good story that enhances whether the, the live, uh, the, the fans live or people watching it on social media or whatnot, just enhances their um, perception of the show, enhances their wrestling experience for whether it's TCW, Goddesses of War standalone wrestling synergy pro wrestling i mean yeah I'm, i go down the list but yeah man um we'll figure it out but i'm sure you're gonna be at another we got a couple more shows going on before the end of the year and i'm sure we can figure something out where it'll make sense and it'll be good up pr for everybody involved I, w- I would love that. And that's the dream, man. And, you know, it'd be great to be sitting next to you. And I apologize for all the puns in advance. I, I do like those. Pun- I'm a more Ronaldo guy. What-, what can I say? I like those puns. You're- Come on now. You were on a podcast. I think, you know, pun cast radio. Come on now. Let's do it, bro. Uh, this- if, if, <laughs> even if they're corny, there's something special in corny. I pride myself on, on oh, being a corny. corny ball. So it doesn't matter. It's called entertaining. So, yeah, n- never that's- apologize. I'm having a great time being on here. Thank you again for having me. Oh, dude, anytime, man. And it's a pleasure. And I, and I hope to, you know, uh, dip my toes into that field for sure. But again, I'm appreciative of you. I'm appreciative of all this wrestling community and talent that allows me to do these things. And, you know, just uh, everyone helps each other. And that's what it's all about here. But I did want to ask you this, man. You've given me so much advice over the past couple of weeks uh, leading up to this Vows Pal Show. You gave us some advice on this podcast. So we'll end it with this, man. Um, just for anyone who wants to get into this business, whether it be for the announcing, you know, for the commentary, like you were telling me, or maybe, you know, you've interviewed interviewed enough guys you've talked to enough guys someone who wants to get into this crazy circus that is professional wrestling uh what would the great david adams have to say to them well i'm gonna first start off by copying my uh my comrade shane uh respect it all starts and ends with respect if you don't walk in the door with respect you're never gonna you're never gonna get anywhere and they're gonna kick your ass out very unrespectfully so and you're gonna deserve it if you you know so start with respect hands with people um you know every announcer's got their own style um i tend to memorize a lot of the people's stuff but i know 
my uh, I know my friend Shane said he likes to keep data and he likes to uh, you know you know not necessarily bother the talent. If it's somebody I'm cool with, I love to bother the shit out of talent because <laughs> the, the talent loves to they they want to feel loved sometimes. It's my way. It's it's better than the awkward hey bro what's up because now a lot of people aren't cool with handshakes because of you yeah. know the way the world is and you know fear of disease and stuff. So air fist pumps, but a simple conversation like hey bro how's it been going. And then it's like, are you still from, is it this way? Are we doing any monikers? It just opens up that little window of conversation. Yeah. And then I find like, even when our conversation ends, a lot of times talent 20, 30 minutes later will come find me. They're like, you know, Dave, I was thinking, you know, can I change it up tonight? I've been wanting to work on something. And I'm like, let's freaking do it, bro. The only, I was like, I love, let's debut your new stuff with my voice. Let's do it, man. Let's, so it's just good like that. It shows the talent that you really, you're not just there to read an index card. I really give a shit. I want this to be my life. Um, you know, you know, and I don't have any control over that. You know, the good, uh, the good Lord up there or the little devil, devil, dead devil down below. Some, you know, some, somebody's in control of it. Um, and I'm just going to keep doing my thing and I'm going to just, you know, if I make a mistake, I'll, I'll own up to it and hopefully get better from it. But yeah, I mean, as far as have confidence in yourself, don't, if anybody talks down to you, you're always going to have people in this business that are going to, you know, you know, talk shit or, or somebody's going to make you feel bad about yourself. You know, this isn't, you know, this isn't, it's a man and it's a woman's sport. We're grownups, you know, not everybody's going to like you. Remember that you want to be liked by everybody, but not everybody's going to like you. And that's okay. Yeah. It's all being a human being and people having their own individual views. Like I know not everybody likes me. I, I think most people at least respect my work ethic. But I know that not everybody likes me. And that's cool because that's the beauty of being in, in a non-communist society, great old uh, US of A. Like what you like, hate who you hate. But it's my it's my responsibility as a performer to, you know, keep that, you know, in check, not let it bother me and know that, hey, if somebody has that much of an emotional disregard for me, maybe I'm doing something right. Because getting back to successful people, I'm pretty sure that most successful people will tell you that they got successful knowing that some people didn't like them. And you can sometimes channel that into positive energy. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And then for all the people that, that do love you, hey, you take those accolades. You don't let it go to your head because there is a very fine line between confidence and cockiness. Yeah. And, you know, I think. In our business, it's good to be cocky at times. You got to know when to do it. But if you come off as cocky all the time, people are just going to think, all right, this guy's kind of an asshole or this girl's kind of an asshole. So I think, you know, you know, be confident. Sometimes, you know, with me, I don't always have to be the loudest person in the room, especially, you know, a lot of times if we're sitting in a locker room or whatnot, I'll be the quietest one. And they'll be like, so people will be like, yo, David, you haven't said anything. I'm like, y'all are going to hear my voice yapping for the next three hours. I can be the guy that the hell up for a little bit. Sometimes it's good just to keep your mouth closed, keep your eyes and your ears open. And you can, and that's how I learned a lot about the business, which is sitting there observing, looking what the veterans do, kind of observing people that come in and are, you know, they fuck up. They don't shake hands or like, yo, what up? What up? Yo, yo, let's, yo, I got an idea for, for tonight's match. You know, I'm not going to go too much, too far into that side of the curtain, but you know, you got to know. <laughs> Specific person, but yeah, go ahead. You got to know. <laughs> sometimes you have to know your place in the business i mean not everybody looks at it this way but i do i look at the wrestling business as like the army the military there's a ranking system you have your generals your top ranking veterans down here you have your privates people that are just you know getting their feet wet if you've been in the year if you've been in the business one year you're still green you're still a rookie you know you've gotten your feet wet 
but a year, you know, a year out of training school, a year out of getting your certificate, you know, you still have to be humble, listen to your veterans. And, um, you know, it's just, it adds to the locker morale as well. If everybody's working on the same page, I really think, you know, that's a magical thing. Um, like I said, always make sure you, you make a point to shake everybody's hand or in this case, whatever we're doing now, fist pumps. I do elbows with, with people. Sometimes I'll just be like, Hey, yo, how you doing? You know, whipping the finger a little bit, you know, you know, people that you can rib with stuff like that. Um, it's whatever their comfort level is. But like I said, and Shane, I told you, I can, we can't stress it enough. It all starts and ends with respect and be humble. And, um, remember this business, you know, promoters are here to make money. Talent's here to make money. But remember why most of us got in the business because we were fans as a kid and it's fun, 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 fun. And I get it. It's not fun if you're a promoter that loses, you know, a couple grand on a show. Nobody likes that. That's not fun. What I'm talking about is your work ethic, the way, you know, you approach the fans. Remember, these fans, if somebody asks me for an autograph, that's just like mind blowing to me because, A, the ring announcer, it's kind of like, you know, you're a secondary I character. David Adams, I need a David Adams uh, 8x10 over here, man. I forgot to get one on Saturday. I'm oh, so busy. Bring I, one. I fresh ones, yeah. Uh, my boy, Timothy Plasma. Who just got married, Bob? Bob, by the way, congratulations! Congratulations, yo! He's one of the best local print guys around. Great prices. If all y'all need eight by tens, I'll give that dude a plug. He'll sell you literally a hundred high quality eight by tens for forty bucks. You try and find forty cents eight by tens. You buy them for forty cents. You can sell them for five ten bucks, and it's like money. And the guy's got quick turnaround, and I'm sure he's on online. But yeah, otherwise go to Staples and pay a dollar twenty five a piece. Go for it. I mean, but yeah, but I got you on the eight by ten, brother. I'll, I'll I'll even sign it with my with my finest sharpie for you. Ooh, that's no, going, very fancy, man. It's going right. It's going right behind me, man. David, cool, David, bro, uh, awesome. we're not worthy, man. And thank you, man. And, and you touched on some great points here, and we'll get some shameless promo in. But uh, everything you're saying to me, man, I'm soaking in like a sponge right now. Like uh, I've learned very recently, you know, your critique. You know, I also do a lot of journalism. I critique these shows. I review them. You know, sometimes I, I get a little bit of flack, you know, or sometimes, you know, I'll pick it. I'll pick again. Like the other day I picked, I don't know if like people are like ribbing me now because I'm more involved, which I'm starting to learning about. But um, like the other day I picked, I, I picked about, I picked against my friend uh, in her match uh, on Saturday and she goes, happy birthday. I'm going to kick your ass. And I, like, and she was so sweet the day of, she brought me yeah. like glasses and stuff. But again, like. I'm learning as a journalist, though, like, and you, you're impartial, you know, you, you go with the storyline, you take the, the personal emotion stuff out of it. Um, and you, you learn that sometimes, you know, uh, not in that case, but in, in other cases that you might rub someone the wrong way or, you know, like this promo could have been better or like this storyline could have been better, man. And but, you know, as a journalist, we I'm all about integrity. You have to call it right down the middle, man. Yeah, I mean, I got apparently I got a lot of apparently apparently my uh my bosses at Titan got a lot of heat. I did a Goddesses promo for the first Goddesses show, and I thought it'd be funny. I got all these leftover Halloween costumes, and and one of them is a female pirate co costume. It's like a pirate dress. So I put the pirate dress on, and I kind of dressed like a goddess. And people thought I was being disrespectful to you know you uh, know you know sexes or sexual orientations, and and I wasn't. And nobody said anything to me directly, but apparently, like Billy and Charlie were like. Oh yeah, we got a lot of shit for that one. But they're like, we told him, I don't think he means anything bad by it. And I'm like, yo, yo, I'm like the last person. I was like, I love everybody. I don't care what you're into, who you're into. I was trying to be funny, and I was yeah. like, oh, because I'm not shy. I put on this like little goddesses like like gold mask, and I had like this, and I had this uh, costume on, and it's like 
I had a yard sale recently, and of all the Halloween costumes, that's the only one I sold. So I finally got rid of it. I sold the damn thing for five bucks because I felt so bad. I was like, you know, if I offended anybody, I was like, I was just having fun figuring, all right, I'm a male ring announcer on an all-female show. Let me dress like a female and do a promo and go over all the matches. And and going over the matches was solid. I mean, nobody minded that. But So you got to be careful what you do, what you say, because even if you have good intentions, there's always going to be people out there that want to, you know, they want to dig into you. And, uh, you know, I, you know, there was probably people like, oh, you should fire him for that. And, you know, and I was just like, all right, not the first time I've been fired before. You know, if, if you get good at something, you're eventually going to get fired. And you got to just, you know, go, you know, pick your tail up and go find somewhere else to work. And I mean, I've found a great family with Billy and Charlie and AG down at TCW with uh, with Chad at Standalone Wrestling. Um, if Synergy and Titan would stop booking shows on the same day, I've been the regular ring announcer for Synergy. I agree with that statement, guys. I'm trying to take care of everybody. It's like, it's always the same day. How can I make more money if you guys keep booking on the same day? Which is, don't forget, Goddesses of War, Hallowed Ground, as well as Synergy Shadows, October the 24th, Goddesses of War, from Willie Jones Memorial First Aid Park in Ocean Gate, New Jersey. Jersey and Synergy Shadows from the world famous Monster Factory in Paulsboro, and I can't wait to get to the Monster Factory. Uh, I already told, uh, I already told uh, Colin I'm good for Black Friday, so uh, hopefully there's no more. You know, I think we're done with Titan shows. Hopefully we we're done with Titan shows. Yeah, I got people calling me. That's all right, but um, they can wait. Uh, but yeah, we got a couple of shows coming up. I, I'll, I'll do the quick plug. This Saturday in Jackson, New Jersey at the Fire Company number one, uh, it's going to be TCW Fury Us Intentions with a double cage match. You know, first we got the Cage of Horrors with Steve Monster Matt taking on ECW icon Pitbull Gary Wolf. And there's going to be weapons hanging from the top of the cage. Weapons around the side of the cage. There's going to be a lot of crazy weapons that these two maniacal figures can use. And that's going to be good. And you can't forget about TCW's introducing a brand new championship, the Hardcore Championship. And they're going to, and they're going to have that inaugural title take place between two arch rivals. Um, we have the viral villain Violence. And then we have the forgotten one, Waylon Cage, part of Jared Silverclay, seven-figure army of uh, trust fund benefactors. And that one's gonna be that one's gonna be good. We saw those two uh, um, lock up a little bit at the end of Val's pals go to war, and uh, nothing was certainly settled there. So maybe we'll finally, for the first time ever, we're gonna have these two battled out in a cage, and we'll see if these two can these two gladiators can. Uh, figure it out and one of them is going to walk out the first ever tcw hardcore champion and absolutely yep, you can't forget the notorious mimi the goddess champion she's defending the title against the new and improved vivacious vicious vicky this side of vicky no one's seen yet she seems more focused like and and certainly uh more dangerous than ever and i think this is going to be mimi's toughest title match defense uh -huh. to date Absolutely. Very well said. And we're going to have Vicky on Sunday night, maybe with uh, some gold around the waist. Who knows? Mimi has seemingly been unstoppable to this point. Mimi three belts. Mimi hashtag champ, champ, champ. 
Uh, so I'm excited for that match for sure. We're going to see what's going to happen. But enough shameless promo about the shows. Tell everyone where they can get their merch, and then we're going to get out of here and watch 30 years of Jericho on AEW. But tell everyone where they can get the David Adams merch. And follow uh, you on social media. Facebook.com backslash David Adams dot ring announcer. I know you're taking notes. Uh, Instagram, David underscore Adams underscore ring announcer. And Twitter, um, you can check out my handle, Voice of the Ring. Uh, I'm sure you guys are going to be jumping at that anxiously, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Or you can find me at any TCW Goddess event, you know, coming up. Come on now. We got one this this Saturday. We got Goddesses on the 24th. And then the Mount Olympus Rumble match, November the 14th, a 40-man rumble. The winner will be crowned the first ever TCW heavyweight champion. It's our season finale because it's going to be too flipping cold after that to be outside for three hours without catching a dang cold. Achoo! <laughs> Very well said. All right, David Adams, thank you so much, man, for uh, you know taking a few minutes for opening up. Uh, I, I took a lot from this, man, for the advice as always, man. I appreciate you and uh, continued success moving forward, my man. Thank you very much for the opportunity, and I will talk to you soon. We'll get that commentary done, I promise. That's the dream, man. Thank you so much. We're not worthy. And as we always say here on the BCP, everyone stay safe, stay positive, and take care of each other. We are out. Peace.